Hello and welcome to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. My name is James Early. Thanks so much for joining me today. Each week we take a fresh look at the Bible and dig down beneath the surface of things to the deep spiritual lessons of God's love for each one of us and how to live that love in our daily lives. The goal is to get back to the original Christianity of Jesus with his focus on healing and salvation and his message that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So let's jump right in. Hey there, and welcome again to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. This is episode number six. Our topic today is the rights of women and the daughters of Zelophehad. Who the heck are they? Well, we're about to find out. For the last 11 years or so, I've been teaching Bible study workshops at a nearby federal prison for women. And one of the subjects that has been most popular is all the women in the Bible. There are a lot of misconceptions about what the Bible says about women and their rights and how they should act. And as a result, there are a lot of impositions on society that need to be removed. Even though I'm a guy, the ladies at the prison really appreciate what I have to say on this subject. And because of that, occasionally on this podcast, I'm going to be talking about women in the Bible and what we can learn from them and their experiences. So before we jump into this, I just want to ask you if you have ever felt that you didn't get the justice you deserved. It happens to all of us, sometimes in small ways, sometimes in big ways. It happens individually. It happens collectively. During today's episode, I'd like you to think about whatever that might be where you didn't feel like you got the justice you deserved and see what you can learn from the daughters of Zelophehad. If you're not familiar with that story in the Old Testament, let me kind of give you a a synopsis of it. When Moses brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, they wandered in the wilderness for 40-plus years. And so when they came to the promised land, they were having to deal with the idea of once we conquer this land, we're going to divide it all up among the 12 tribes of Israel. So God had Moses and Eleazar the priest conduct a census to see how many people were in each tribe. They counted all the men over 20 to see who was able to actually be a soldier as they went to conquer this new territory. And it turns out there were over 600,000 men, 20 and over. So we're dealing with well over a million people, if you think of women and children and older people that can't fight. There are a lot of people in this group, and they have to decide who gets how much land. And God says, if it's a big tribe, give them more. If it's a smaller tribe, give them less. You can read about this in Numbers chapter 26. It lists the 12 tribes of Israel and how many people were counted in the census. Today, I'm going to specifically talk about Zelophehad, because as it goes through this census and lists all the tribes and some of the heads of the tribes and how many sons they had, it's all generic. It's like this branch of the tribe had this many and it would call the name out because there were different branches. But when it gets to Zelophehad, who is in the half-tribe of Manasseh, who was part of the larger tribe of Joseph, it stops and it mentions Zelophehad by name and then says Zelophehad only had daughters. He had five daughters, and it calls them all by name. Their names were Mala, Noah, Hagla, Milka, and Terza. And then it goes on with the rest of the tribes in this generic fashion of seeing how many people. So in all this process, 
Zelophehad is mentioned specifically, and his daughter's names are actually mentioned in this census, whereas no one else's sons are named specifically. I think that's kind of interesting. It gives us just a hint about how important these five women are going to be. So in this process of dividing up the territory, the daughters of Zelophehad are realizing that it's all going to be divided according to how many men are in each tribe. And they're thinking, wait a minute, our father was part of the tribe of Manasseh and he had no sons. Are we not going to get an inheritance? That's not fair. And so they went directly to Moses and presented their case. You can find this in chapter 27 of the book of Numbers. They came to Moses and they met with him and Eleazar the priest and the princes, but it was in front of the whole congregation of the children of Israel. That takes a lot of guts. They didn't send an emissary. They didn't send a delegate. They didn't send somebody to talk for them. They didn't go to the fourth man down on the totem pole. They went right to the top. They went right to Moses because he was considered a just ruler. So they present their case and they say, our father died in the wilderness during that 40 years that they were all marching around. And he wasn't in the company of those who were disobedient to God. He didn't go after those things. And they say, Why should the name of our father be done away from among his family? Because he hath no son. Give unto us, therefore, a possession among the brethren of our father. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Typically, what do you think might happen? A man is in charge. Here's Moses. He's the one that's making all the decisions. And they come to him because they trust him. They think he's going to make a fair decision because he does have this reputation of talking to God and asking God what to do. That's exactly what Moses does. Verse 5, Numbers 27 says, And Moses brought their cause before the Lord. Moses didn't try to figure it out himself. He didn't try to use his own human intellect. He just went straight to God. Verse 6 says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, The daughters of Zelophehad speak right. Thou shalt surely give them a possession of an inheritance among their father's brethren, and thou shalt cause the inheritance of their father to pass unto them. Wow, isn't that cool? Directly from God, he said to Moses, Yes, the daughters of Zelophehad are right. They have a just cause. And Moses said, Okay, great. He didn't question God. He didn't doubt it. He went directly to God and took what God told him. I think this is fascinating because so many people like to say, oh, women were this second-class citizen. Here is the leader of the children of Israel, and God is telling him, listen to the daughters of Zelophehad. They are right. That's pretty impressive. God is valuing those five women and their perspective, their situation, and what they felt was a sense of justice. And it went along with what God felt was a sense of justice. Now, this is not the only thing. It sets a precedent because then God says to Moses, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, If a man die and have no son, then shall ye cause his inheritance to pass unto his daughter. Not only did the daughters of Zelophehad get what was right for them, but it set a precedent for justice all into the future. Now, just as an aside here, when we look at this story through today's standards, it's easy to think, well, gee whiz, even if there are brothers, the daughters should get their inheritance as well. But at least that was progress at the time several thousand years ago. I also want you to think, how society would be different today if we had really followed this instruction that God gave Moses to give women their inheritance 
if you've ever read the book Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen, you remember that the daughters could not inherit their father's estate. And that was the whole consternation in the book. What if English law had obeyed the dictates of God to Moses about giving women the inheritance? Things would be a lot different. Let's get back to Zelophehad's daughters. These five women had a lot of guts. They were really bold. They stood up. They asked for what was theirs. They stood up for what they felt was right. They went directly to the top, and they had witnesses. They took all five of them. They had the high priest there, Eleazar, and they had the princes, and and the whole congregation was there, and they presented their case. I think we can really learn a whole lot from that. Think back to that situation where you might not have felt you got the justice you deserved. Sometimes we're afraid to ask for justice. These women were not afraid to ask for justice. They were bold, but they trusted that Moses was going to do the right thing. Sometimes the person in authority, like in a job or an organization, you may not feel like you're going to get justice. You may not feel like they're fair. And you go and present your case and they dismiss it. How many times has that happened? Who knows? But you can always take your case for justice directly to God. There are so many ways to pray for justice. But I think at the heart of a prayer for justice is to realize that God is just. He is a God of justice. And that's where this wonderful prayer comes in. I love this verse in Psalm 119, verse 149. Hear my voice according to your steadfast love, O Lord, according to your justice, You can pray directly to God. If you have appealed for justice to the highest human authorities and it doesn't work out, and sometimes it does, thank goodness, but if it doesn't, you can take your case directly to the Supreme Court of God himself, where God is the judge and God is the lawgiver, and he will enforce true justice. It may not come the way you think you want it. He will provide justice somehow, in some way. I want to come back to this story of the daughters of Zelophehad because there's more to the story. In chapter 36 of Numbers, some of the chiefs in the tribe of Manasseh talk to Moses because they're thinking about the implications of this new rule that the daughters will inherit. And they're thinking in a kind of a territorial way, I must admit, but they're thinking of what's right not just for the five women that they get what they deserve. They're thinking of what's just and right for the whole tribe of Manasseh. And they say to Moses, what if these five women marry somebody outside of our tribe? Then our tribe is going to lose some of the land that was given to us when we first came here. That's an actually interesting point. They were trying to keep the tribes, the, the whole tribe's possessions, the whole tribe's territory intact and preserve it for the future generations. You can, that kind of makes sense. Now, you could argue, oh, well, these are just a bunch of men trying to get what they wanted, but they were actually trying to, of course, I'm a guy. I'd love to hear what a woman thinks about this because, you know, there are different perspectives here, but it seems to me like these men were trying to protect the whole. They were thinking of the bigger picture. Again, Moses goes to God to ask what to do. He does not try to figure it out himself. And this is what happens. This is Numbers 36, verse 5, starting with verse 5. And Moses commanded the children of Israel according to the word of the Lord, saying, The tribe of the sons of Joseph, the tribe of Manasseh was part of the tribe of Joseph, the tribe of the sons of Joseph hath said well, 
This is the thing which the Lord doth command concerning the daughters of Zelophehad, saying, Let them marry to whom they think best, only to the family of the tribe of their father shall they marry. In other words, they were supposed to marry within the tribe of Joseph. And it goes on, verse 7, So shall not the inheritance of the children of Israel remove from tribe to tribe, for every one of the children of Israel shall keep himself to the inheritance of the tribe of his fathers. And every daughter that possesseth an inheritance in any tribe of the children of Israel shall be wife unto one of the family of the tribe of her father, that the children of Israel may enjoy every one the inheritance of his fathers. And the daughters of Zelophehad were fine with that. Now, you may think, hey, that's kind of restrictive. But when they did that census, there were 52,700 men above the age of 20 just in the tribe of Manasseh. And there were more in the tribe of Ephraim, which was also part of the tribe of Joseph. So there were plenty of guys in their own tribe that they were free to fall in love with and marry. So, you know, you can decide for yourself if you think that's restrictive or not, but that seemed to be the best solution in that situation. And that's what God said to do. And and they were happy with that. They were all pleased. It was really a win-win for everyone. It was good for the individuals and it was good for the whole. There's this wonderful verse in Deuteronomy 32.4, referring to God, it says, His work is perfect, for all his ways are justice, a God of faithfulness and without iniquity. Just and upright is he. That is so true. God is always just. I've always thought it was interesting that Moses was so receptive to this idea of the daughters of Zelophehad getting what they deserved. And I found a little interesting tidbit. You may remember that Moses married Zipporah. Zipporah was the oldest of seven daughters. She was the oldest daughter of the priest of Midian. So his wife was actually in a family that only had daughters. That was a concept that he was well aware of. So it seemed perhaps perfectly normal for him to say, yes, of course, that's a great idea. Let's go see what God says about it. When the daughters of Zelophehad came to him, I just think it's interesting how how all these little things work together to prepare the way for God to reveal his justice in a way that people can accept. So let's look at what some of the lessons are that we can learn from this. Let's say that you're like one of the daughters of Zelophehad. What can we learn from the way they asked for justice? Well, one, they actually asked for it. And they, they didn't just send one of them. All five of them went. Say you're in a group where you deserve justice. Go together. There's strength in numbers. It makes someone perhaps realize there's more than just one person that they can maybe just sweep under the rug. And I'm sure there are lots of stories throughout history where because more than one person spoke up, it gave it more weight. So if you're going to ask somebody for justice, take someone with you. Take someone who's on your side that feels they need to support you or they're feeling not, they're not getting justice. Take someone with you. They went to Moses, a trusted leader, and Moses didn't make the decision himself. So let's say now you're in a position where you can dole out justice and someone comes to you. Moses didn't just say, oh, well, let's see what the rule book says. Let's see what the procedure says. Let's see what our policy is. He said, okay, let me take this directly to God. 
If you're running a business or you're in a family or a church or whatever you're doing and you're in a position of authority and someone comes to you and say, look, we're not being treated fairly, you be quiet and you listen to them and see what they actually say. Listen to their heart. Don't justify the way they've been treated. Don't make excuses. Moses didn't make any excuses. He didn't rely on tradition or what was already being done. He said, okay, you've got a point. Let's see what God says. So when you're in that position, you say the same thing. Thank you. I really appreciate you coming to me with that. And then you pray about it. You ask God. Don't try to tell God what you think it should be. Oh, how often do we do that? Ask God in prayer for an answer that would bring justice to everyone involved. And then if you're really asking God for help to give you justice, then you have to listen to what he says, even if it's not your preconception of what the justice should be. Listen to what God says. He might have a better plan. He might. God always has a better plan than we can figure out for ourselves. And you never know what precedent that might say. You're going to help those individuals. And it could be men or women. I mean, men have suffered injustices throughout history. Women have Depending on your religion, your ethnicity, there are all types of reasons that people don't get the justice they deserve. The other thing I realized from this is none of the men came to the defense of the daughters of Zelophehad. None of the men noticed it. So if you're a guy, are you noticing when women are treated unfairly and unjustly, whether it's at work, in an organization, at church, wherever? It's important for us to stand up for their rights, just as it is for us to want to get our rights. Unfortunately, sometimes no one will notice that you're being treated unjustly, and that's why it's important for you to speak up for yourself. Everyone else was just thinking about the inheritance that they were going to get. Oh, we're going to get this much land. We have this many people in our tribe. We get this big of a piece of land. They weren't thinking about Zelophehad's daughters. Maybe some of their closest relatives were. I mean, we don't know for sure, but... The daughters, those five daughters, had to stand up for themselves. Think of the qualities. We talked about this a little already. Think of the qualities these women had. And this is true whether you're a man or a woman that's looking for justice. You need these qualities that the daughters of Zelophehad had had. Boldness, a sense of true justice, not just personal preference. They were law-abiding. They wanted what was right, and they were thinking about the bigger picture. And there was a reasoning going on. They had a logical, reasoned-through case that they presented to Moses. They didn't go without a plan of what to say. They knew exactly what to say that would present their case effectively. If you're the one in authority, what qualities did Moses have? I think there was some humility there. He said, okay, fine, let's ask God. He didn't try to solve the problem himself. I've said that several times now, but I think it's worth emphasizing that If you're in the position of authority where somebody comes to you for justice, for being mistreated, maybe you're the police chief, maybe you're, you know, the boss at work, uh, the superintendent in a school or whatever. It could be anything. Maybe you're the head of your family. You have to listen. When one of your kids comes to you and complains about something that's not just, you can't just say, well, I already decided that. It's already done. I I already made a choice. Listen to them. Express love and compassion like Moses did. So what do we learn? I'm going to kind of summarize all this. We need to stand up for and claim the justice that we deserve. If they don't listen, we can take our case directly to God. And of course, we should do that anyway, probably even before we go talk to any human authorities. 
So I just want to add here again, it's really important to pay attention to those who aren't getting justice and stand up for them. And if that doesn't happen, don't wait for someone else or expect someone else to understand how you feel because they're only looking at things from their own perspective. That's why the daughters of Zelophehad had to go themselves to Moses. They went together. Don't just do it by yourself. Maybe you're the only one. If you're the only one that sees there's injustice, you may have to go by yourself, but it's better to go with a witness. So as you pray for justice, these are just a few ideas that you can work with. I'm going to read that little verse from Psalm 119 again, verse 149. This is a beautiful prayer. Hear my voice according to your steadfast love, O Lord, according to your justice. We can turn to God and expect to receive justice. Maybe the incident that happened to you was 20 years ago. Maybe it was yesterday. You can receive justice from God, and it may never come from a human situation. That is really sad when that doesn't happen but you will receive justice from God. I don't know how that's going to happen, but God is a God of justice, a God of truth and mercy and love. God loves you so much. He wants what's best for you. Not always what we think is best for ourselves. He has something so much better for us than we can imagine. A much higher sense of justice for us than we can imagine is what his desire for us is. I hope some of these ideas have been helpful. It's really important to pray for justice. There are so many things going on in the world right now that seem unjust, where someone is treated unfairly. Individuals, nations, races, religious beliefs, all kinds of stuff. People are being treated unjustly. You have the ability to pray earnestly, not just for your own justice, but for the justice of everyone in this country, everyone in this world. It may seem like a big thing to say, God, please give justice to everyone, but we can include that in our prayers. Why not? God is a God of justice, and he will hear that prayer. You know, I would love to hear from you. How have you prayed for justice? How have you found justice in the past when it didn't at first appear? I'd love to know those stories because I think every time we share that, it just increases our faith that God is there, he is loving us, he is taking care of us, and he is giving us the justice that we deserve. I quoted a whole bunch of different scriptures. I mentioned all these references to the daughters of Zelophehad. I'm going to put all those in the show notes so that you can look them up for yourselves. This is episode number six, so if you go to thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 006, you'll find all these scriptural references, and hopefully it'll just give you a little more encouragement to not just pray for justice, but to take those steps to ask for it in the appropriate way. I guess we'll stop right there. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you being here each week. If this is the first time listening to the Bible Speaks to You podcast, I would really appreciate it if you would subscribe on Apple or Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you like to listen. And if you're on an Apple device, I'd really appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review. That just helps other people get a feel for what this podcast is like. Or if you have any questions about today's episode or any questions in general about the Bible, I'd love to hear what they are. You can leave a comment in the show notes. Again, that's thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 006. This is just episode six. We're just getting started, and I hope you'll stay with me as we go forward. 
There's so much in the Bible that I hope to talk about and share ideas. And of course, I'd love to hear your thoughts too, to have kind of a conversation. It's a little hard in this format, but we can do it through the comments section and any comments you leave in the reviews over on Apple Podcasts. Another thing I'd appreciate if you would share this podcast with a friend. There might be someone that really needs to hear this message if you know someone that has felt a sense of injustice in their life. This episode might give them a little hope and give them some insights on how they can pray about it. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at The Bible Speaks to You. Again, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate the fact that you're here, and I hope we'll all grow together as we keep exploring the Bible and how to pray, how to be more like Jesus. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Have a great week. God bless.